Yoichi Isagi just lost a game that would have gotten his team to nationals. He's surprised when he's invited to the Japan Football Union, even more so when every high school striker in the country is also there. They're going to be part of a bold and cutthroat new program to develop a striker that'll lead Japan to victory in the World Cup. Only one striker can win. Will Yoichi have what it takes? Is Blue Lock the perfect series to introduce your friends to anime? Or should it be relegated to your own personal weeb watch list? I'm PJ. And I'm Skylar. And this is Kawaii Disappointment. elementary school correct yeah i i mean i think everyone played handball i mean i don't want to say everybody but i think most people played handball at some wow. point wow your privilege is showing exactly that's what say my handball privilege <laughs> <laughs> what kind of ball did you have did you play with a handball yeah but like what kind yeah wait i'm confused are there different types of handballs yes because i heard that some people play with the small like blue ones and other yeah, a handball other regular people play with the red rubber ones like a dodgeball if you need to put a label on it then i mean yeah. i feel like i do it sounds like there's a one that's called a handball and one that's called a dodgeball and you're trying to claim that the dodgeball is the handball it's called a red rubber ball <laughs> I don't know. I played with the small ball. I can't even imagine playing with a big ball. Ah, oh, but the big ball was so fun. I don't know. I feel like you get so much less control. Like, how do you grab it out of the air as it's, like, flying? You don't grab it. You hit it. You smack it with your hand. You don't catch an handball. I guess. I guess you're right. I mean... There's no catching in handball. I, you know what? It would have made every game of butts up a lot less dangerous than it was. True. True. Less bruises. Well... I think the only thing we could do at this point is buy uh, multiple balls and go to a park and play handball. We'll we'll find the definitive handball. Putting that psychology almost agree to use. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of our former sports glorious handball champions, why don't we talk about some other sports? Hello and welcome back to Kawaii Disappointment, the show where two lifelong weebs guide you through a new anime every week to determine if it's a kawaii success or a kawaii disappointment. With you as always is me, your host, producer, and weeb of all trades, PJ. And your AMV connoisseur, Skylar. This week we are watching Blue Lock, as recommended by listener The Nickname Man, which... That's a nickname for you. I love it. It's perfect. No notes. Yeah, honestly, you've encompassed so much. There's a lot of mystery, but also no mystery. It tells you everything you need to know, but you also want to know more. Great job, the nickname, man. Also, thank you for the recommendation. <laughs> I know we've been waiting to watch this for a while, and it's been kind of like one of those, like, when we have time. So I'm, I'm glad someone suggested it, because now we get to make time for it. Yeah, and I mean, so obviously because jumping off of that, we've heard about the series a lot. It's been on our kind of to-watch list. So why don't we talk about kind of what our preconceived notions were by going through our anime vibe check on Blue Lock. So tell me, Skylar, kind of what did you think Blue Lock was going to be about? What were the vibes you got about it before you started watching it? So the way it was explained to me was Squid Games, but with soccer. I fully expected death and gore and violence. Like, okay, so I was kind of expecting Dead Man Wonderland, but with soccer. You know what I will say? I think that's not an uncommon assumption, especially because, I mean, granted, I haven't finished the series, right? Putting that out there now, mm -hmm. I have not finished the series. So I don't know if the the neck chains in the poster and a lot of the advertisement are metaphorical or eventually get introduced, but they gave me real strong, like, Wild Wild West vibes, Ooh. and I was like, these kids are gonna get beheaded that oof damn okay so there's no murder yet <laughs> yet i'd like to clarify that's why right what if it was like a battle royale and everyone just as soon that's as you kind lose of the a way game, it was pitched to me and right? i think that's the way that a lot of people talk about it is like that it is right like it's soccer battle royale it's soccer squid game when really it's Kind of that, but also kind of not that. I think what the most accurate pitch that someone gave me, and I think it is the vibe that I do get in the community outside of the intensity of like murder soccer, is that it's like the anti haiku. 
Uh, yeah. Because, like, as opposed to being about, like, this solitary player learning how to uh, be a part of a team and expand their role, it's kind of the opposite, right? It's about someone, you know, having to unlearn how to be a team player. Many people, I guess, having to unlearn how to be team players uh, and really fighting for themselves while also being a team. I, I think using that anti-Haikyuu mentality gives you a lot if you're a Haikyuu fan. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, like, ball is life, so technically, if they don't get to play ball, which the consequences seem to be, then you have no life. No game, no yeah, life. Yeah, no ball, no life, no game, no life. I feel no like we're just rewatching No brother. Game, No Life. Minus <laughs> the cis concept, exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think the vibe, Um, I think going in for a lot of people is that they're going to think this is a lot more, a lot more intense than it actually is. Um, And if you're coming in expecting us to talk about gore and murder, we don't really see a ton of that there's not not blood and stuff like that um but yeah i'd say the vibe uh that you should be cognizant of if you're going to introduce this to people is maybe if they're like i don't know if i'm ready for murder soccer be like as of the first you know half of the series at least it's not murder soccer (laughs) (laughs) all right so i think that is i totally the vibe and i think that is an excellent vibe check for blue lock um but why don't we go ahead and dive a little deeper by going into watching episodes one two and three of blue lock and coming back and giving you our thoughts we're gonna do that and we'll be right back so stay tuned All right, we're back. We had us watch episodes one, two, and three of Blue Lock. Skylar, uh, I know that this was uh, kind of like a quick revisit because we had just started watching the series. Um, how? Just tell me, kind of, what was your, um, you know, opinion going through these first, you know, the beginning of the show? Um. Okay. So I think I was less stressed out watching these three episodes because, again, I was waiting for someone's head to blow off. Now that I know that that doesn't happen, the first three episodes. I could kind of relax and, um, you know, watch it and enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I think ultimately these are... these are obviously a great introduction to the world of Blue Lock. You get to learn a lot about the program and kind of the mentalities behind it. There's a lot of intensity for sure. You know, this is not a like light work anime. You're gonna have to come in ready for some like high energy, for some betrayal, for some aggression. Um, But these three episodes are super, super fun. But let's talk about them a little bit more after we get through our housekeeping. So, Blue Lock is based on the manga by Munioki Kadashiro that ran in Weekly Shonen Magazine from August 2018 to present, since it's still ongoing, for a current total of 24 volumes. There is a spin-off manga that follows Seishiro Nagi called Blue Lock Episode Nagi that ran in Besatsu Shonen Magazine uh, from June 2022 to present with a current total of two volumes. The anime was directed by Tetsuwaki Watanabe and Shunsuke Ishikawa and was done by Studio 8-Bit for ANN and released in October of 2022, obviously ongoing, for 24 episodes. There has been an announced second season as well as a film adaptation of episode Nagi. So we will be getting that down the line. There was also a stage play adaptation of Blue Lock uh, that uh, ran in May of 2023 and a second run will tour in January of 2024 through Japan. And as is always tradition here on our audio, not visual at all medium podcast, we are going to look at the stage play cast and tell you what we think, uh, because it makes for great audio. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Skylar, what are we thinking? What are we thinking? Literally so fucking hot. (laughs) I will say, I think the weakest of the bunch is fake Bakugo. Uh, which sucks because um, Kunigami is so hot. Kunigami is one hundred percent the hottest of the like main cast, and I don't think they did him a ton of justice with his uh, voice actor casting. Like, I'm not really about it. Everyone else is really good. Bachira, I think, is maybe my favorite of the cast because you could see like the psychopath in his eyes. Oh my god, yes. But overall, I think everyone else is, I think everyone is pretty good, except for my boy Kunigami, who, again, I think is so attractive in the show. And here we are. That's not a hint or there. Of the cast, I think the performer that plays Nagi is also top tier. Like, it's so hard to pull off a white wig sometimes. And I agree. Fantastic. No, definitely a good job, again, on everyone 
Except for Kunigami. But that's not here nor there. Let's get into the episodes that we did see here of Blue Lock. Episodes 1, 2, and 3. A quick breakdown. In the prefectural tournament finals, Yoichi Isagi, a striker, chooses to pass the ball instead of shooting, following his coach's advice on teamwork. Unfortunately, his teammate misses, and the opposing team scores the winning goal. Later, Isagi is selected to join Blue Lock, a remote soccer training facility. There, 300 strikers compete to become the ultimate striker for the Japan national team. The first trial in involves a game of tag, and Isagi takes a risk to eliminate a stronger player. Blue Lock's creator, Anri Teri, criticizes the Japan Football Union for, think- for their thinking. Coach Jinpachi Igo explains that Isagi's lack of egoism makes him unfit for the ultimate striker role. Igo forms Team Z with the lowest-ranked players, emphasizing that they will need to work together and betray each other at times. The players train, eat, and practice together. Isagi discovers that teammate Meguru Bachira has a unique instinct. Igor reveals that the next trial is a group play tournament against four other teams in the facility. Isagi interprets Igor's playing soccer from zero as scoring the first goal. Team Z loses their first match 5-1 but avoids a shutout. Isagi faces questions from teammates about his decision making and Igor explains the concept of playing soccer from zero, emphasizing the open-ended nature of a striker's role in contrast to the defined roles in other sports. That's episodes 1, 2, and 3 of Blue Lock. Oof. God. this was a lot of fun i had i really enjoyed it um it was a great because we like i love sports anime i love haikyuu i love i think that's the only one i watched i was like really you love sports anime <laughs> i like the wrestling one that we did a few years ago uh <laughs> <laughs> no i really like haikyuu and i i like being able to see something that's not going to be very repetitive because what i hear a lot is that sports anime tend to have that kind of like villainous reincarnation kind of thing, you know, like they definitely can. As someone who has seen um a lot of sports anime, ultimately the plots are gonna be very similar in so much as the whole point is to be like, hey, look at this group of underdogs. Don't you wanna root for them to win? They're gonna have to learn, they're gonna lose, but ultimately they're gonna get stronger every time and they're gonna impress these people that once thought of them as nobodies. That's the plot of Haikyuu, that's the plot of Kuroko's basketball. Probably the plot of Ice 21. I don't know. We haven't watched it yet. It's on the list. Uh, you know, um, you <laughs> know, as you tennis. go down the line. Yeah, I mean, but I think it's especially cognizant or especially common with group sports animes. Yeah, I think there's sports. a difference between uh, team sports series and individual sports. Uh, because I think those tropes follow through. But I think individual sports, um, something like Prince of Tennis or um, even something like... No, tennis is usually singles, not doubles. Oh. Hmm. Um, like, as a sport, it's usually a single sport, not a double sport. You know what? That seems to be true in my memory of <laughs> Serena Williams. And I mean, don't get me wrong, there are doubles tournaments and stuff like that, but typically, uh, and I'm sure, you know, I haven't seen all the Prince of Tennis, I'm sure there are doubles tournament arcs and stuff like that, but typically, you know, what you get more so is them, usually a best friend in the sport, and then a a kind of... Uh, group unit that they start to develop within the sport of like like-minded players or players that maybe were quote-unquote at one point antagonists that they kind of like anti-corrupt into their way of thinking right usually a more holistic and you know approachable way of thinking about sport you can think about again things like prince of tennis or even something like skate the infinity or um hajime no ipo to think about kind of like those individual sports versions um but again i think to your point where you really get something unique out of blue lock is that it is ultimately a subversion of that trope and very Mm -hmm, purposefully mm -hmm. a subversion of that trope um unfortunately not yet i would have liked to see a little bit more of a subversion with head exploding so (laughs) no honestly the stakes are really really high especially for people that actually love the sport and then that is literally their whole goal in life is to you know represent japan um i'm not sure though pj are they allowed to represent other countries like if yeah, they sign contracts the only the only stipulation of blue lock is if you aren't the winner of blue lock basically so all 299 other strikers re- like give up their right to ever be the striker for the japan national team that's it they can still play on local sports teams like you know it basically be like if you know tomorrow they did this with basketball players um you know and because basketball is an olympic sport they were like you cannot represent 
represent the American national team in basketball, let's say as like, you know, the point guard or whatever, but you could still be the point guard for the Lakers. Like that's not going to stop you from doing that. And heck, if you want to go play point guard somewhere else, like you could do that. But typically national teams are only made out of people that live in that country. So like it's going to stop you basically from representing them in a World Cup or an Olympics or something like that. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, at least they still have something. Yeah, and I think that's why it's not like a complete like you know you can never play soccer again. But it is very like if your dream was to play in the World Cup, which that's the dream of any aspiring soccer player, you don't get to do it. Right. And that's that's the agreement. And I mean, ultimately, they could say, "Hey, I'm not going to participate and hope to just make my way in there eventually," but no one's doing that. That makes sense. Okay. Um, really quick, I have a question because I'm bad at sports. Uh, the only sport I ever officially played was basketball because my dad gaslighted me into believing I was tall. I never was tall. <laughs> what a weird gaslight. Like, no, 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 sweetie, trust me, you're 6'2". So, okay. Um, I was held back in second grade because my mom put me into kindergarten at four instead of five because I have like a weird October birthday. Um, And I should have waited like that year, like the full year because I just, you know, didn't make the marks. And so anytime I fucked up in school after second grade, they'd be like, you're so old. You're older than everyone. You're taller than everyone. And like, that simply was not true. I literally was the same age as everyone else and kind of on the short side. You were like three months older and like, yeah, and like literally like two inches taller. And they're like, who is this geriatric woman in our class? Fucking- what is this? Billy Madison? And like, I would get yelled at about how I'm much more like mature and I should know better because I'm the older than fucking everyone. And I was just like, but I'm not. Like, what? <laughs> and then so they made me uh, do basketball because I was like tall, but I wasn't. I'm. You were like, I'm literally just like, I'm hitting my growth spurts like two weeks before the rest of the kids, you guys. Like, out of all my sisters and siblings, I'm, like, the second shortest. And the shortest one is currently 14 years old. I'm a 32-year-old woman. So, like... Yeah, you are the shortest, aren't you? I am the shortest. That's why I you're wear not even. Somebody. I mean, you're very average height. Skylar's not, like, you know, a yeah. shorty. And this is nothing against shorties, right? I I support people of all heights. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. But Skylar's, like, very average height. Like, you're, like, what, 5'6"? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm like, barely 5'6", yeah. Yeah, like, um, you are, like, the average height for women. Um, so, but, like, yeah. So, I, but I guess, like, especially, I imagine also not even just the age thing, but your dad is really tall. So, I imagine yeah. they probably thought you would inherit some of those genes. Yeah, my dad is 6'7". Um, and my siblings from my dad and stepmom, they are definitely taller than me. Like, Katie, she is, I think, like, almost six feet. She's like 5'10-ish, yeah, for sure. And then Cal, I think, is only like three inches taller than me. But I mean, that's still tall, right? Like, overall, like, those genes have pushed through, just not with you. Yeah. (laughs) I think it was the coffee and lack of sleep. I literally got zero sleep um, in my adolescence. Like, regularly, maybe three hours of sleep for, like... That's your Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood, like... Ed, you know, Alf- you, you, there's something secretly keeping you from getting tall, and we just don't know about it and yet. It's the sleeping Skylar that I never got to access. Exactly. Oh, God, I, I really pray the sleep debt isn't real, you guys. Yeah, so I'm bad at sports. A sport that I'm not bad at, tabletop tennis and ping pong. Is there an anime for either of those? 100% there are. Yes. Ping Pong Club and Ping Pong the Animation are two very popular, like almost cult hits, because they're both uh, very different. Let me be clear, because a lot of people confuse the two, but one is like this very interesting, stylistically unique, um, but semi-serious series about ping pong. And the other one is a very funny series about like a high school like boys ping pong club. Regardless, both are very good, and I've had many people it recommend both to me, and I've had some people tell me that, that either are their favorite anime series of all time. Oh, okay. Um, but let's talk about this sports anime. Yeah, that makes sense. Sorry about that, y'all. <laughs> um, I'm just really so, bad at soccer. 
So what I really like about, I mean, trust me, I'm also bad at soccer. I played soccer. I mean, I played like every sport. I was, um, I always say that there is like, much like you have the sleeping giant Skylar uh, that never got to be unlocked. I have like sports star PJ that never got to be unlocked because I would join many different sports and like extracurriculars and stuff. But then at the point where it was like, all right, give us money for like uniforms and stuff. My dad would be like, guess you're not doing the sport anymore. That's so I would so be sad. in I would be in like football or soccer or karate or whatever for like a month ish and be like this is great and he'd be like not anymore it's not <laughs> yeah. um, and so because of that like I definitely had I mean I remember being on little I uh, being playing baseball playing soccer um playing football you know joining karate doing all these things but like never for a long enough to actually get good at them but i feel like there's an alternative version of me who's like this like sports everyman but has leads a completely different life obviously mm-hmm. um but soccer i mean honestly is probably the most intense one i played uh because people take soccer very seriously right oh, yeah. soccer is one of the most popular sports in the world you know and i think it's one of the few that has complete crossover like appeal because like even even in america there is a very strong foundation for soccer Mm -hmm. it's obviously not european levels of like popularity or worldwide levels of popularity you know versus something like a rugby which is internationally popular but like has never made its foothold in like mexico or like or like in america or like latin america and stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, soccer is super completely worldwide yeah um and people take it very seriously people fucking kill each other at sports games during riots and stuff you know i was gonna say um one of my managers and one of my coworkers are are constantly fighting over soccer because and they um, kill each other all the time yeah and it's a groundhog day kind of thing so they just keep coming back to kill each other again (laughs) no but it's totally true like people have such intense allegiances but i think that's where it allows some like a story to blue like blue lock to make the most amount of sense because realistically i think if you did a story like blue lock for maybe something like um like a football or a basketball i think you could easily do it right a good storytelling is good storytelling but like i would believe it just a little bit less soccer is so intense and it's so crazy and it's so competitive and like you know the i think the only other sport that i could see being like yeah i I could see there being a really good blue lock for this is hockey Oh yeah, you're right. There's way more violence in hockey. There's so much hockey, uh, hockey violence. Um, but uh, to this show's credit, I think what they really capture really well is something that I think is ultimately really true: is soccer is a sport of individuals. Um, soccer has so many breakout stars and most of those breakout stars really are such individual contributors you know you look at like a Lionel Messi or a Ronaldo or I mean any of the players that they mentioned in the show and they bring up very valid points that like these people aren't like constant passers you know like they're here to score goals and that's what makes them like successes I think it's like interesting because again like Ego's whole thing is being like you need to be the most selfish player you need to um you know showcase your skills and make yourself number one over anything and everyone right um and to do that they have to really rely on teamwork because anytime they don't rely on teamwork it just like falls apart well i think it's gonna be a mixed bag right so i think the point of it is like a it's teaching you how to be more versatile as a player because if you are just a really good striker and the rest of your team sucks you're still gonna have to pick up that slack Mm -hmm. and if you're not learning how to pick up that slack you're not going to be good so forcing them to play different roles and have to work as a team forces them to train their other skills ultimately Mm -hmm. and also i think it's going to make it more intense later when you know right now yes we have team z and like they're gonna slowly bond and stuff but what happens when we start getting to the final stages of this thing and maybe team z's made it all the way to the end and now it's team z versus team z right and now it's like this situation where yes you have formed these bonds and learned how to play with each other but this is still a game of individuals and now you have to learn how to not only cut those ties but kind of break them in half right Hey gang, 
We've been working on some exciting stuff behind the scenes, both for the Patreon and for the main feed. We're just about ready to announce everything, so keep tuning into our little segment breaks here, or check up on our social medias for whatever is coming next. We're so excited to share it with you and hope that it's something that you are excited to be a part of and listen to. Unwilling to wait? Are you craving more quiet disappointment? Then check us out on Patreon. Our bonus content for just $3 a month and new episodes every month to keep the content coming. $3 a month gets you access to all of our content. $5 allows you to vote on patron polls and shape the future of the pod. And for $8, you get a personalized postcard, stickers, buttons, and more sent directly to your doorstep every month. So if any of that sounds exciting, find us on patreon.com at patreon.com slash kawaiidesupod. A special shout out to all of our patrons, starting with our $8 patrons, our eternal Desu patrons, the incomparable Alex Jones, the truly amazing Lucy in the Sky, the one wonderful Ruby Cyclone, and the magnificent Skullbosh. They're not alone though, as we also have our $5 patrons, our super Desu patrons, starting with Jellums, Nene Killua, Magical Girl Charlotte, and if the Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the Pirates don't eat the tourists. And finally, last but not least, our $3 patrons, our Kawaii Desu patrons, Albany G, Aubrey Z, Eliza L, and Nymphomercial. You are all truly Kawaii Desu in my book. You can keep up with us on your favorite social media platform. We are on all major platforms under at Kawaii Desupod. You can also be a part of the community and be even more up to date by joining our Discord. Links to everything is in the show notes, and you can also find links to everything on our website, kawaiidesupod.com. That's K-A-W-A-I-I-D-E-S-U-P-O-D.com. If you want to support the show in other ways, rate us on iTunes, Spotify, Good Pods, or wherever you listen to us. It goes a long way, and we always appreciate your support. We'll be back next week as we dive into the world of Tsukimichi Moonlit Fantasy. Now, back to the podcast. So let's talk about some characters. We have this trope, like this character trope constantly, Igarashi. Annoying. I hate him. And you're, I think <laughs> you're supposed to, right? I think you're supposed to find him a little annoying, for sure. He's definitely, like, the flea uh, of the group. The uh, Mioga. I wasn't even thinking Mioga. I was thinking, like, the flea from Mucha Lucha. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, or flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Or Manada from hero but i think when you look at any of those characters um the the thing is that they're like annoying but likable uh a part of the team but also like a part like a a thorn in their side but they're ultimately like still there so you have to kind of like learn to love them yeah like it's in my boy i love him so much i really do like when they're doing that initial game isaki is just like oh, let me hit him, get him out, super easy. Nope, I gotta go for, like, the biggest, baddest, and, you know, just goes for it. So, I like that. Oh, yeah, that that moment, I mean, we'll go back to talking about the characters in a moment, but that is, like, obviously, I think such a pivotal moment to the show is is the immediate betrayal of the ideals, right? Um, The whole thing is, like, he's been trained to be a part of a team, and he does feel betrayed by that ideal because it didn't work. Um, But, you know, he goes in with Ryosuke Kira, who did beat him, uh, but they do kind of have, like, this kind of silent bond. Um, And then you get the moment where, you know, he had, like, Isagi, um, to quote Bachida, kind of lets his demon out, his soccer demon, um and that soccer demon is like you know don't go for igarashi that's weak shit that's the easy thing to do the better thing to do if you want to prove that you're a good player is to take out the strongest person here and the strongest person here is ryosuke kira and then he takes him out and like you're like holy shit um a but then uh ryosuke is like goes fucking full psycho mode (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Like the way his face contorts. And it's just like, it sucks because he definitely wanted his cake and to eat it too. Right. Cause like he wanted to hold up his ideals and like soccer is a team sport and all this stuff. And, but like he also did not want to lose out on being able to, um, you know, 
represent Japan. And he could have just walked away and he would have been able to have both those things. So oh, 100%. Um, yeah, definitely like a whole moment there. Um, again, I'm only on episode eight. I would love to see like a comeback for him, maybe. I don't know. I don't think that'll happen because ultimately it is like, I mean, granted, who knows, right? Um, sometimes, you know, you look at competition shows and they always have that moment where they're like, we're bringing back someone who was eliminated in the past. And it could be him. Um, but I feel it'll probably be someone who gets eliminated later on that we care a lot more about. But we'll right. see. Um, um, but you mentioned, I mean, to jump off of that to other characters, um, you know, speaking of like the soccer demon, we have Bachida, who is, um, you know, Psycho Best Boy. I love him so much. He's fantastic. I love I love that instant bond he creates with Isagi over just like <laughs> just being fucking psychopaths, basically. He's like, you have a monster. I could fucking see it. And then Isagi's like, I could smell goals. And that's great. I don't know. What is with protagonists being able to smell? Like, is that just like something that is like a culture thing because like i feel like um i think it's just meant to like signify their instincts i don't think it's anything more it's not like a literal smell right no i think it's more like you know like you know you're like a a detective who can sniff out a good mystery right you know oh my god it's (laughs) mcgruff the crime dog in blue law i mean but that is a that is a state you know like yes it is mcgruff the crime dog's whole thing but he's just a larger part of a metaphor Right, exactly. But I like that there is some camaraderie, right? Um, That's great. Because you would think that everyone is going to be like a backstabber and who knows, that might go. But Bachera, like, is, yes, I'm looking out for me, but also, Isugi, you're my boy and I know you're going to help me do well, but mostly because I want to see the monster come out of you because that's what's most entertaining to me. And, you know, all games are is just entertainment. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, it's it's very, you know, it's very Joker-esque in the like, um, I'm just here to kind of like sow my wild oats. I don't really care about what's like, I don't give a fuck about the larger part of this. I like, you know, I'm not necessarily here because I'm like it like I can't wait to be the number one player in Japan. I'm here because it's going to it's very Hisika, like Hisika and Hunter Hunter. I'm not saying that he's at all like Hisika. He's yeah. not a you know, uh he's Hi-fi. not thirsting after children and stuff. Uh, but Hisika's thing is like he doesn't care about getting Hunter's license or being a Green Island. He doesn't care about any of the like rewards or any of that shit. He just wants to fight the strongest people. Yeah. He wants to be he wants to be allowed to be fully unhinged and in a place like Blue Lock, it's a go, baby. Yeah, one hundred percent. I feel like I have not gotten my fill of the character um, Gagamaru. Oh yeah, I like Gagamaru. I like I, I like Gagamaru and I like Chigiri as characters who we haven't really gotten to explore yet this early on. Gagamaru seems very interesting for sure. Yes, he's got crazy eyes and I love it. Stylistically, ten out of ten. Would avoid in an alley. 100%. I guess I don't see them as crazy eyes. They're very blank eyes to me, which I guess can be crazy. It's, you know, it can be like very uncanny um, uncold. Or uh, not uncold, cold. I got caught off by the Uncanny Valley. Um, but I see it more as like no thoughts, only soccer, you know? Yeah. He looks like a, an owl, and owls are kind of scary, so. Yeah, but I think he ultimately is, like, a real kind of idiot sweetheart. Yes. Versus, like, someone like a Chigiri, who I think has a very, like, quiet demeanor and also seems very quiet and, like, kind of light, I guess, but can get very intense, you know? Yeah. I mean, not as intense as characters like Raichi, right? Raichi's kind of like the most aggressive one here. Even though Kunigami is the one who looks like grown-up Bakugo, Raichi has the Bakugo kind of explosive personality. And the teeth. And the and the sharp teeth, that's true. I think my underdog character is definitely Okuhito, like the the one who has to play the uh, the goalie in their, in yeah. their first game. And that's so hard, too. I think my favorite quote from his is he's like, don't ask me to do that, because if you ask, I'll have to do it. <laughs> like, he's very much like, I will literally do whatever people need of me. Ugh, I love that. 
Go. Good for him. You know what? Despite his bowl cut, I am extremely attracted to Ego. I think personality-wise, not Ego? Ego? I think it's the voice. I'm not like, ooh, he looks sexy, but his unhingedness is really doing something for me. I hate his eyes. Oh, yeah. I hate the way they draw. I hate that they're so big and bigger than his glasses. I love it because it reminds me of that vampire anime we did that I can't remember right now. It does not remind me of anything other than the fact that I hate this. No, I am not a fan of Ego's design, but I also kind of love it in like, because I, I almost kind of see it as like this. Uh, again, it's a mad genius, right? Like this person who is like, I have done the formulations to mm-hmm. tell you the exact perfect answer to <gasps> everything. Do you know he looks like the. Well, oh, he I... looks like Van Dark from Dexter's Laboratory or Groove's Villain. He Nemesis. looks like Vector. Vector! From fucking uh, Despicable Me. Yeah, Vector anime boy. You know what? And Vector, ugly but attractive personality. Love that confidence. Uh, you know, I'm learning a lot about you today here, Skylar. <laughs> what? That I'm attracted to confidence? <laughs> and unhinged? Yeah, it's, I guess, confidence. It's kind of like unwarranted crazy confidence. Woo! I love it. Like, a they wooga, all remind wooga. me of uh, that one character from The Simpsons who's obsessed with Marge. I don't remember this character. Um, he's he was uh, is like Arnie Sif or something like that. I might the be misremembering the name. But he, oh, he was yes. like a tech billionaire. He's like a tech millionaire essentially. The one that she almost married. Yeah, like she was like the prom date of him and stuff. Yeah, the one that got away. Yeah, but he's like obsessed with her, and that's kind of the vibe, you know. Like that's the quote unquote type of confidence that I I see in these characters. It's just like kind of like. You know, very neckbeardy, like the world, um, I'm smarter than everyone in the world kind of belongs to me kind of confidence. No. Which I'm not a big fan of. Yeah. No, I feel like the ego confidence isn't very neckbeardy because it's just like, I like this one thing. I've solved it. I'm here to create chaos and mayhem. He's not super pretentious about it, you know? I don't know. I I feel like we have different thoughts on uh, this man. I do like him. Maybe it's just the I like him as a character. I like him as a character. Do I want to fuck him? Absolutely not. I don't want to fuck him based off looks. I I don't dislike him as a character. And I like this desire to make things better, right? Um, That's why I also like the woman who is kind of like the blue lock advocate in the Japanese football union. Mm -hmm. Because everyone else in the Japanese football union is like, why do we really care about winning a World Cup? Like, we're still doing okay. Mm -hmm. We're still getting tons of money from just soccer in general. Right. Or football in general. Um, Why do we care about winning a World Cup? And it feels like really Ego and Teddy are the only people who are like, because that's like the goal. That's literally goal. Yeah. That's literally the whole fucking point of the sport is to win. And, uh, you know, I could bet capitalism talks, you know, like they're still making the same amount of money, I guess, or enough at least for them to actually like kind of care. But yeah, it's kind of sad. And I think that's why I'm attracted to both their passions and intensity. No, I love her. She's great. I love how intense she is. And it's kind of like a boys club, too. You don't see a whole lot of women in this kind of space. No, and for sure. Do you think that like maybe they're like not taking it as serious because they're like, oh, she's a woman? Or am I just I, thinking? I think, I think maybe that's part of it for sure. Um, but I do think it's more like literally why are we going to put this much effort in? And I mean, you even see it kind of in the press conference, right? Like there's like this general consensus that it's like, this feels like a so much effort to maybe get us closer to winning a world cup, but also b like, because it's going to cost a lot of money, right? Like they've spent so much money on the facilities and b like they've ruined like essentially the high school series for the year because none of these people are going to get to play in the, in the finals basically. Right. So like every team is now without their, their striker unless their striker was ultimately weaker right yeah plus like again it's unproven results um you have no guarantee of how this is going to work and ultimately at the end of the day you're also taking out of your 300 best players in the country 299 off the table as potentials for your national team so there's a lot to say against it but again it's a high risk high reward scenario I think, you know, and I'm not knowledgeable in laws, especially, like, of the Japan variety. But, like, I didn't see contracts, and I don't think minors can be, like, 
held to a contract. So I feel like even well, if- I think I mean whether it's, it's a binding contract system? or not, I mean ultimately they get to decide who's on the Japan national team regardless. So even if there's not a paper contract, they have a list that they could be like, well, not this person. No, I I just I can't wait to watch more of this. It's so interesting. I really do like it. And it has all those like, oh look, they still have to work together. Yeah, this came out at a very important time too, I feel like for Japan. Um, because this came out right around the time of the World Cup. And actually it was like maybe one of Japan was doing so well during this last world like during the World Cup while this was airing, that there was a lot of memeing being like, oh no no oh my god blue lock is real they fucking did it (laughs) and like especially because like there was i i don't i'm not a big soccer person so forgive me that i don't remember all the details but there was like this big moment where like japan was about to get eliminated and they did like this fucking wild out of nowhere like one in a million trick shot that got them a goal and like everyone was like and and, and, as far as i can remember from all the memes but because again i hadn't watched blue lock at the time and i have not yet watched all of blue lock it was like a move straight out of blue lock like not saying that blue lock created the move but it was like holy shit this is literally a moment that happened in blue lock where they saved themselves from losing a match at this you know in the exact same way type of thing right so like there was like this big like holy shit you know it's like the the one piece is real for but like for blue lock (laughs) but then obviously japan ultimately still didn't end up winning and like you could see that in um if you go on any blue lock video especially the op and the ed there's a lot of like this was so inspirational during you know the 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 matches but now it's so bittersweet listening back because i think there was a lot of japan that really latched on to this series during the world cup to be like there is a chance that maybe we're gonna win right so i think the series had like a lot of import and like to a lot of people and you know it's exciting to finally again like you said finally watch it be in the know i know that people are very big fans of this and have been watching it adjacent to us so it's exciting to talk about it i know like some of our listeners that follow us on like twitter and stuff uh i remember seeing them tweeting a lot about blue lock while i was airing many of them having their blue lock pfps (laughs) if you know who you are you know who you are but yeah i mean there's so much to be said about uh what this show is going to continue to become right there's obviously so much growth that is going to happen because ultimately people are going to start getting eliminated people are from team z maybe you're going to start getting eliminated other teams are going to get eliminated who knows how dynamics are going to switch up because eventually you're going to have to start reforming teams and combining teams and new dynamics are going to form and ultimately you're going to have a finals right and yeah the, the, because of how big the teams and everything is that allows blue luck to theoretically run forever i don't know if it will and i mean who knows maybe the show's like the manga is like about to finish and i'm just speaking out of turn but you know this series could run for a very long time you know you look at something like like a haikyuu that made basically two sports seasons into like as many episodes as it did and this has the the ability to expand even further than that while also being very engaging and interesting yeah i mean look at they already have like one-off one shots with other characters yeah which Um, i do i haven't met that guy yet but i do like him Um, so my work husband has no interest in, um, anime, like at all. Anytime I ever like talk about it, he just kind of gets like a glaze, like over his eyes. But I was talking to him. I was like, oh yeah, it's interesting. I'm starting to learn about soccer because of like anime. And he's like, oh, what is it about? And I was just like, you know, like, uh, strikers and they all have to, you know, become the best striker against each other. There's like literally no other position. He's like, actually, that sounds really interesting. And he said he's going to check it out. So here we go. go. (laughs) Uh, I mean, but I think it's, you know, I think it, it is something that people relate to, right? Again, soccer is literally one of the most popular sports in the world. So it's not, you know, out of the question to say like that this would be a crossover hit, but let's talk about that a little bit more later. Um, right now, I think we've talked about the show a lot. Why don't we talk about the music for Blue Lock? Oh, yes, please. So the music for the Blue Lock was done by Jun Murayama. Uh, what did you think of that? I thought it was great. Everything really fit the tone, got that like kind of scary intensity. Again, they did such a good kind of like suspense horror kind of vibe musically 
that I was expecting a lot, like, higher stakes. But, again, like, for these, like, young boys, you know, these are as high as the stakes goes, right? I mean, but I th- I do think the stakes are pretty high. Exactly. No, I was saying, like, I'm like, ugh, you could lose your life. But, like, this is their life. That's what I was saying. Exactly. No, for sure. Um. Yeah, I just, I think... I think it was really good, and they did a great job. Yeah, I I really enjoy it. I don't think it's, like, you know, mind-blowing music, but I do think it captures the vibe that the show's trying to go for very well, and I do think uh, Jun Muriyama does a good job of uh, capturing it. Is there anything else, like, very notable that they worked on? Um, They did a lot of theme song. Ar- this is their first time doing the music for a series. Like a for this, score. they did a lot of theme song arrangements um, and nothing super notable. I mean, obviously, if you're into anime, anything can be notable. But like I'm looking through the list and I'm not like nothing's being like, oh, my God, they did that. You know? Right. Um. So, no, I think this is probably their one of their first really big, big breaks in anime, too. This is a this is a huge get for them. <laughs> I mean, we don't know their life. Maybe it's not, but I think it would be. <laughs> All right, but let's also talk about our OP on our ED. So our OP is Chaos Ga Kiwamaru, or Chaos Reigns by Unison Square Garden. Skylar, what do you think of that OP? I love this OP. I love it so much. Um, it reminds me of so many different things in like the best kind of way. Specifically, weirdly enough, uh, Sugar Happy Life OP. It really reminds me of that. I I really like this OP. I completely agree. Um, and I mean, longtime listeners of the show already know what I'm going to say. You know, I'm a sucker for English uh, English lines in a Japanese <laughs> OP. And I think this is maybe one of my favorite uses of it because, like, it. I love the, them just being like, "How crazy is that feeling? How crazy is that feeling?" I think it's so See, good. Whereas I'm like, you know, I love raining bodies and having like ego, like. You know, doing his like maniacal kind of stance with arms up and just seeing the soccer players like just rain down from the sky in this very like vulnerable position. They're just walking through like a field of corpses. Yes. It's so good. Very Attack on Titan. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think this is a very good OP, both as a song and visually, you know, it, it tells you a lot about kind of the vibe of the show. Uh, we didn't really talk about it during the episode, but, you know, when they go into their like heightened like all right i'm in soccer mode stage um their eyes like glow blue uh, with like a trailing blue and they do a, a good job of especially during like the black and white sections of the op making that really stand out oh yeah definitely but yeah I, yeah ego during this seems like a very crazed puppet master i think it does a good job of showing that the the kind of disposability of all of the players is also shown and you get to see a lot of the players that we'll see as we go along i think it does mm-hmm. a very good job oh yeah definitely 10 out of 10 um, <laughs> i'd say like an 8 out of 10 but it's very good um, i've had it on repeat our i think it's very good um our ed is winner by shugo nakamura Skylar, what do you think of that outro? This is a six out of ten for me. I, I was like, this is cute. 
It's fine. It it's so tonally different. If this was like a slice of life, like a uh, soccer kind of anime, like and I yeah, had it's very seen- chill. But we've talked about this before, right? Intense series tend to have more relaxed outros right. to kind of wind you down, and yeah. I think that's what this is doing. And it's not bad. I just it's nothing to like write home about. Honestly, it's it feels very. Starbucks, you know, like you're in line to get your coffee and it's just kind of playing over the radio. It really, I think if you only saw this outro, um, you would think that this is a lot sweeter of a series than it oh, is. Oh, yeah. Like, because especially besties. like at the end when he's like walking towards Team Z and they're all like, oh my God, it's you. Um, and you, it makes you feel like, wow, the camaraderie, the brotherhood, <laughs> you know. And, and obviously like, that's going to develop, but yeah. There's a lot of outside shots, too, which obviously we don't have inside well, the anime. What I love about the outside shots, and hear me out here, is that they're all in ruined, dilapidated stadiums. Mm-hmm. Um, which gives me hardcore, like, Suzume vibes. Ah, uh, Suzume is so like, good. If you're, when you're looking through it, especially, like, in the first shot, when it's him in the dilapidated stadium and there's, like, floating pieces of debris and rubble, it straight up looks like a shot out of Suzume. Like, I'm literally going to share my screen, and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that does look like a shot out of Suzume. Yeah, 100%. That's what I thought. That's why I-, <laughs> I, I did not disagree with you, but I appreciate But I do the- love that visually because, again, it's more about the deconstruction, right? It gives you, it's playing off of the, of what the series is. But I yeah. do agree that it, it's a very different vibe. Uh, I enjoy it, but I don't love it. Uh, I yeah. think it is, I agree, similar, like a six or seven out of 10. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about them a little bit more as we move on to our segment. What modern contemporary artists do you think would have done a good job with these anime interests and outros? Skylar, why don't you tell me who you think would have done a good job? with chaos reigns so for chaos reigns it was very like i feel like a song that i'd be listening to like in high school okay so that like first like four seconds with that guitar i forgot to mention it just does something to my to me in my nether regions i was just like <laughs> uh regardless fantastic but it, it definitely feels like uh emo punk pop you know, kind of vibes for me. And I went with a band called Get Scared. The song is Cunning Not Convincing. I think I was focused on more, less the arrangement, but more of kind of stylistically and vocal matches. I think I did an okay job with the vocal match. Yeah, no, I think it's good. I think it uh, definitely. I think it's definitely a little harder oh, than yeah, um, than Chaos Reigns, but it's Chaos got the Reigns right speed. Is very cheeky. It is. It's definitely got a little bit more, um, a little bit more kind of whimsy Teasy. to it in yeah, a weird way. Like- yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, so I think this is definitely a little harder. I think vocally, it's a pretty good match. I think it's a, a good choice. Um, Thank I. You. Um, so for both of my choices today, um, they were both so- like things that when I was watching it, I was like, this reminds me of this. And then I kind of just like couldn't break free of it. So I don't disagree that there's probably a better choice out there. Um, so, but I do still like my choice, but we'll see how you feel about it. I ended up going with a favorite house Atlantic by Coheed and Cambria. I love Coheed and Cambria. Can I say I also love Coheed and Cambria? And I didn't really think about how much I love them until I was doing research for this episode. I'd be like, which Coheed and Cambria song do I want to choose? And I was like, wow, I love most Coheed and Cambria songs. <laughs> uh, but obviously, I went with a favorite house, Atlantic. Yours has, uh, like, more levity, whereas mine has, like, the heaviness to it. And I think, like, the OP is definitely, like, smack dab in the middle of our two songs. I agree, yeah. I think it's, because when I was picking this song, I was like, I wish this was a little faster. And when I'm listening to yours, I wish it was a little lighter. Yeah, I think there's a middle ground. This is more inspirational. And mine is too dark. But I think we both did really great. This is a great song. I totally forgot this song even exists. So I'm just like, (laughs) damn, I just want to listen to the song again. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, me with the entirety Coin and Cambria discography <laughs> after this. Um, all right, Skylar, who'd you pick for winner? It's so funny because I was like, this gives me Jack Johnson vibes. So I literally just went to a Jack Johnson like I, radio. I think that's a good, I good, good instinct. I don't think it's Jack Johnson because Jack Johnson's way more mellow. Right, right, right. Oh, I, but good instinct regardless. Yeah, you know, like when you go to like artists like this. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think I did a pretty great job. Um, I went with a uh, a singer or a band called Dispatch, and the song is "The General." I have seen the others, and I have discovered that this fight is not worth fighting. I like it a lot. I do wish it was slightly funkier, and they were slightly better singers. <laughs> <laughs> I um, think, but the, it's still like. A vocal match. No, not- for sure. I don't think it's bad by any means. Um, I just wish it was that teensy, teensy, teensy bit funkier. Like, yeah. Because uh, I don't want to say like funk, but it's definitely got a little bit more slap bass and stuff yeah. like that. It's it's um, a lot of like you would sway if you were walking down the street. Uh huh. A little bit more shoulders. Yeah. No, but I think this is very good. Thank um, you. I had an immediate like again while I was listening while I was watching the first episode. It was like, all right, well, I know what song I'm picking. Um, ended up going. Going with the remedy won't worry by Jason Mraz. When it all amounts to nothing in the end, I, I won't worry my life I literally cannot tell the difference between the two songs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But you know, I didn't it's cuz I I originally was like maybe I'll go a different direction. Um because I couldn't originally cuz I remember watching it and being like is this is a remedy by Jason Mraz, but I that was so long ago when the first time I watched it that I didn't write it down or anything. So, I was like, "All right, how do I get funky white 2000 singer songwriter but enough songs were similar that I was like wait I remember I had a thought and then I refound the remedy and I was like this is pretty good yeah no 12 out of 10 <laughs> awesome well that is our music segment that is our discussion on the episode so that means it is time for our closing questions all right, Skylar. We just got to watch Blue Lock one more time. Uh, now there was a finish the series, uh, but we are both uh, knee deep in it and have gotten to revisit the first three episodes and enjoy them all over again. Um, but I mean, we haven't finished the series. Maybe there's something stopping us. Maybe the fire has died, or maybe we're just waiting for the right vibe. Regardless, would you keep watching Blue Lock if this was your first time visiting it? Oh, yes, definitely. Right now, I'm, like, juggling a bunch of different things because, like, we have a career of, you know, podcasting. Um, but it's been it's been keeping me company while at work on lunch and stuff. So I'll definitely continue. Yeah, I, I love this series a lot, even from what little I've seen. And I'm, I'm excited to keep watching it. I completely agree. So that is a kawaii success in the book. But would it be a kawaii success for everyone? Would you recommend Blue Lock? to someone looking to start their anime journey see i was going to say no but like i literally had that experience and it's like been the only thing to like trigger any interest in watching an anime so i guess yes so i kind of agree with this because i think the initial instinct is to say no because there is like that level of intensity but because it isn't actually like squid game you know battle royale level of intensity i think it's still presents as as approachable right um and i think there's enough people who are really into soccer and i think this would be a good gateway for them and i think tertiarily to all of that it's just um enjoy it's it's still welcoming enough like you know you feel like you're learning about this with them um nothing feels like even though this is a subversion of the trope it doesn't do that in a way where it just feels like well everyone's cold and unlikable or it's not even like oh look we're doing the opposite of that thing it's just doing its own thing it's a really good way of doing a subversion right uh, without just feeling like a like we're bizarro superman you know <laughs> uh this is the sinestro of haiku not the bizarro of haiku um I like for that. my dc girlies out there <laughs> um but no yeah i completely agree i think this would be a good starter anime um definitely just give them the side heads up that it's a little intense but um i don't think it's enough to scare anyone off 
Yeah. So that is a Kawaii Desu thumbs up in our book. And let's say you did recommend this series to someone. How many episodes do you think it would take them to get into it? It's not for the three episode rule. How many is Blue Lock? Honestly, I think the first episode does a good enough job of doing it. I think... Um, just the way like ego presents everything, like is just so interesting and captivating. So I think just the one. See, I think one is good. I think one would get people very invested, but I think um two is actually my recommendation. Like it cements it basically. Yeah, because I think one is you're like, what's going on? And then you have the tag match, and I think the tag match is such a good hook. So that's why I don't disagree with one, but I I think after the hook of the tag match, then to go into the like, and now we're going to introduce the team dynamic and you're going to have to learn how to play with each other while also playing against each other. I think is where the premise of the show really cements itself. Right. You know, I think episode one could hook someone. I think episode two would hook and pull them. Yeah. So I'm going to say episode two. Okay. So one and or two. Well, I feel like we do need to come up with an actual agreement here. Oh, okay. So two then. Okay. I, I didn't need to be that, but thank you. I agree. I agree with myself. <laughs> <laughs> so that is a uh, two episode or on the three episode scale. And let's say you really, really loved this show or your friend really, really loved the show and they would love a follow-up series. What do you think would be the perfect follow-up series after starting Blue Lock? I don't have a whole lot of authority. So the only thing I, I could personally suggest is Haikyuu. I think Haikyuu is a very good suggestion because, again, you get to see the other side of the coin. I think if you want the other side of the coin, like a Haikyuu, but you want vibes similar to Blue Lock, I think there's no better answer. And again, Skylar, I know you haven't seen this, so I'm sorry. Uh, but there's no better answer than Kuroko's Basketball. Ooh, I um, hear good Because things. Kuroko's Basketball has that Haikyuu mentality and aspect, but the Generation of Wonders storyline in general, like, you know, this... Because the whole premise in Kuroko's Basketball is that, you know, our main character and uh, came, you know, Kuroko was the secret six man of the Generation of Wonders. This group of Wonderkin middle school basketball players who are basically considered to be the best in the in the country. And all of them, one of the big things was that they were all fully individual contributors. They never learned to play as a team. They were all just focused on being the best individually. And Kuroko's thing was like, no, I want to play for a team team. Um, so because of that, you get some of that intensity of the like oh these people who think that the only way to win is to do it by themselves and then you also on the other end have the the traditional sports series of like thing of then bringing them into the fold and teaching them the error of their ways and all that jazz so i think it does a good job of balancing a haiku and a blue lock yeah I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, our recommendation for a follow-up series is Haikyuu or uh, Kuroko's Basketball. Uh, both very good options. So obviously that leaves us at a kawaii success, a kawaii desu thumbs up, a two-episode on the three-episode scale, and a follow-up recommendation of Haikyuu and Kuroko's Basketball. With that, there's only one question left to ask. And that question is, is there an envy for that? A-N-V. All right, we are uh, currently no longer tied because Skylar finally, um, Skylar got full points at the last one and I did not. Um, (laughs) uh, As of right now, Skylar is at 11 points and I am at eight. Let's see if that changes at all after this one. Skylar, who did you pick? What song and artist did you pick for your AMV? Okay, so I I feel like this is a cheap answer, but I feel like it's the intensity that I need out of an AMV. Does that make sense? Um, so I went with um, Imagine Dragons, specifically Believer. I mean, I feel like I don't actually have to look it up because, like, you're right. That is, like, the obvious answer. <laughs> um, but I'll look it up regardless. And yeah, no, there is definitely AMV for Blue Lock 2, um, Believer by Imagine Dragons. Woo! Good for me. (laughs) 
I feel bad because, like, Imagine Dragons is like taking that mantle of like Lincoln Park for like this generation of AMVs and stuff. So, like, I like in my soul feel like a little cheap using it, but like they're just so perfect, you know? Like, and Believer has like all those like drum, like just kind of intensity, like. Oh, it's good time. So I went, I guess potentially also very obvious, but I went more into the sports realm, right? And I was like, what's a sports song? Like a song that you would see on a sports montage for a football team or a basketball team. And of course, there's no more true sports song than Remember the Name by Fort Minor. Uh, because there is pleasure, a 50% pleasure, 50% pain, 100% chance to remember the name. Uh, but is there 100% chance that I got points on that? Um, let's take a look. And you did! Woo! <laughs> look at us, tied again. Also, though, um, I 100% was prepared for you to say, we will rock you. And I was like, yes, the number one sports song ever written. Well, I was thinking more like what you would put to like, a, like I don't know. I think back to, and maybe this is a singular experience for me, being at like homecoming and stuff like that and hearing that song and see, being I, like, yeah, like this is like a song that I see on a lot of sports montages for basketball basketball and football and stuff right. like that and as someone who went to a school an art school we didn't have like pep rally so like i don't even think i've ever heard the song before oh you've never heard the it's 50 percent pleasure 50 percent pain 100 percent oh, chance to remember yes, the I name have. you know it's I, it's been a tiktok trend it's, it's it was a lot of memes and stuff you've probably heard it yeah yeah no i with you seeing it specifically, yes. Um, I didn't go into I didn't go to any homecomings or games or anything. I only I went to swim meets because one of my high school boyfriends was a water polo and swimmer. Other than that, though, like we didn't have like pep rallies because we had a dance team who were yeah. incredible. That's not me, like you know, saying that they sound playing them. Yeah, yeah. But- oh <laughs> uh, no, no, no! It totally makes sense. But regardless, we are currently tied. But let's say we stay tied. And it's time for the super secret, not so secret, bonus round. PJ, Skyler, yes. Well, do you think that there is an AMV for Blue Lock to Evanescence bring me to life? Yes. I think so. Damn it. I was hoping you'd say no. I well, I want to say no because like based off time. You but, should say no. But my heart says yes. Ugh. Well, I was like, you know what? I think this bitch is going to be wrong and she's going to say no. But we both said yes. So we're either both about to get a point or we're both about to not get a point. Uh, so our our tie is going to remain. And I think that's why Skylar did it. I don't think she actually believes <gasps> in the bring me to life the way I do. That's not true. You fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've man, I've got, I'm, I am life. in AMV uh, competition blue lock and I am striving to be number one. And I will take you down. Uh, to get there. But so, yes, there are a few AMVs for Evanescence Bring Me to Life, at least two, two blue locks. So that is one additional point for each of us. <laughs> Something that I need our um, wonderful listeners to know is PJ, we're both so fucking competitive, but like when PJ is losing a lot, he's so <laughs> fucking mean. Like, you're awful and I hate you. And then um, I'm like, Oh no, like it's fine. You're gonna win. Don't worry about it. You're gonna do good. And then when he wins, he's just like, ha ha, you suck. You've never been good at this. I ever. am such a sore loser and such a sore winner. When <laughs> it comes to people that I'm very close with, if I'm like in competition out in the world, like I'm very internal with those feelings. But like if um if you've ever played like a board game with me and you do a move that's good for you and blocks me, I will be like, go fuck yourself. Like <laughs> I have like I I, I will immediately be like, I hate you so fucking much. I See, hope you die. <laughs> I think as the oldest sibling in my family, I kind of have to be the like, it's okay, bud. You're going to do great. And it's okay if I lose because, you know, win- life is about winning and losing. C versus for me is um, I feel less than most people. So winning is sometimes the only thing I feel that gives me any value. So when I am being beaten, it feels like a personal slight to my value as a person. 
Oh no, that sucks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I'm not really kidding. Like, that's a talk for therapy, though, not for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that said, that is four points for each of us in the book. Uh, and just a great time. I've really enjoyed going through Blue Lock. Uh, I'm really, again, excited to keep watching it. Thank you so much, The Nickname Man. Uh, and your nickname should not be The Nickname Man. It should be The Great Recommender of Animes. But that's a bad nickname. And that's why you didn't pick it, because you're The Nickname name man and you know better than me <laughs> <laughs> but that said i hope you guys had a good time going through going on this journey with us i hope you had a fun time i hope you had a man dark from dexter's lab all grown up time i hope you had a not battle royale soccer time but until next time we hope your weight isn't a kawaii disappointment i've been pj and i've been skyler and nothing to be said about how traumatic the idea of the the beheading machines in Wild Wild West was. That was so scary. So scary. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.